Welcome to Beyond the Diamond, the podcast that goes far beyond the game. I'm your host, Danielle D. Rubin, and I'm here to empower young women, parents, and coaches in the world of fast pitch softball. As the owner and founder of DR3 Fast Pitch, I'm passionate about bringing you inspiring stories, valuable insights, and expert advice to help you excel both on and off the field. So whether you're a player looking to take your skills to the next level, a parent supporting your young athlete, or a coach seeking to make a difference, you're in the right place. Let's dive in and go beyond the diamond together. Hey everybody, Coach D here with Beyond the Diamond. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. And this week I have a special guest speaker, really good friend of mine in the softball community, Coach Ryan Carver. He is a college scout, a recruiting coordinator and mentor. He's a facility owner, a bomb hitting instructor at the Prime Athletic Center where I also give pitching lessons. He is the head travel ball coach to two Georgia Impact teams, 14U and 18U, and he is also the Kings Academy varsity head coach. So Coach Ryan, thank you so much for coming on to this week's episode. I'm excited to have you on here. Thank you for being a mentor for me in the softball community and being a part of really DR3 as it kind of kicked off once I moved back home in COVID. So just thank you so much for everything you've done for me, and I'm excited to bring you on here and shine some light to the softball community a little bit. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And so the big topic of conversation that I would love to shine light with you about is a week or two ago on November 26, 2023, I posted a poll on Facebook. And this poll says, should bunting be allowed at a showcase tournament? Why or why not? Now I had over 500 people respond to this poll. 93% of the people said, yes, whatever it takes for the team to win, girls should bunt at a showcase. And only, let's see, let me double check, only 30, 35 votes. So 6%, 6 of people said no. And this is something that I know we have discussed plenty in the past. There's so many different opinions about it. And I just want you to kind of shine light a little bit of where your head's at and why with the subject. Sure. Um, first, I find that hilarious. The um, the the mix of the, how, how many people are voting for yes versus no on that. I figured it'd be more of a 50-50 mix. But, um, I'm you know, I think you'd have to look at who's voting, right? So is that a parent voting? Is that a coach voting, et cetera, um, in terms of that answer? Um, because to me, if you're, if you're, if you're getting a lot of votes of, you know, what it takes, do whatever it takes for the team to win, then you've got a, that's a whole lot of, in my opinion, it's a whole lot of it uneducated, I guess, um, you know, people around the sport that are uh, missing the whole point of the showcase, right? Um, the showcase piece. Now, I think to really answer the question, you first have to clarify what you mean, right? So there are multiple types of bunts, right? Um, if you're a kid with, speed that can bump for a hit absolutely showcase it if you are a slapper that um has you know drags in her game absolutely showcase it if you are a in a team in a situation where you have the ability to execute a good squeeze because that is a pressure type bunt absolutely showcase it because that is 
all three of those those types of bunts, you know, drags, bunting for a hit, squeeze and press pressure situation. Those are those are what I would call skill related bunting, right? Um, sacrifice bunts, on the other hand, which is one that I started a firestorm with a couple of weeks ago um, on social media. Sacrifice bunts, on the other hand, no. In showcases, I don't think. I, I think that's an absolute no because. What's the purpose of a sacrifice bunt? To move the runner to help That's your team win. So, so to move the runner to put a to put a runner in scoring position or in better scoring position to help your team score to help your team win, right? Um, and that again is not the purpose of the showcase. The purpose of the showcase is literally to showcase the athlete. And if you are sacrifice bunting you're not showing off a skill. Like I could go pick up any kid at any rec park on the planet and have them learn how to sacrifice bunt in about five minutes. Right. Um, because we're showing early. We are, we're letting everybody in the park know that we're bunting and it's literally just to move the runner. Right. Um, so it's not like it's something that you know, takes a whole lot of fine tuning in terms of a craft. You know, I hear all these people like, no, you want to show that they can do this. Not, it, they, not really. I mean, anybody past a certain level can, can sack bunt. And, you know, I don't care what I've, I've heard it from, you know, different travel coaches and you've got a lot of guys out there. You got a lot of people out there that, yeah, they do take pride in their, their, their wins and whatever, but yeah, I, I hear them say stuff along the lines. Well, coaches want to see that they can execute that. Um, the coaches want to see more how a kid can swing a bat, right? Um, and as a parent, if I'm voting on that question, or if I'm a if I'm a parent on a team that utilizes something like a sack bunt that's in a showcase when I've got college coaches watching, then I would be taken back because that coach just took the bat out of my kid's hands for maybe the one, maybe two opportunities that she gets in front of he or she gets um, in front of the coaches that are there for that specific game. Right. Um, so to like, just from my perspective, the, you know, showcase games and there's, you know, there's different, there's different pieces to showcase. You'll play showcases that are, uh, you know, straight up showcase games. You'll play showcases that are showcase plus tournament, you know, plus tournament play at the end. Now I'm all for small ball. I'm all for, I'm all for playing the game when it's time to play the game. Right. So if we're in a tournament play, yeah, we're going to use all of that to put our team in a position to win and everybody wants to win, but a straight up showcase game is nothing more than a glorified scrimmage. Right. Um, and it's, it's your, you're out there just to let the girls show what they can do. Um, and you know, as well, you know, you know, from my perspective, you've coached with me, like nine times out of 10, I have, I don't even touch the field in a showcase because I'm behind the fence talking to coaches. Nine times out of 10, I have no clue what the score is in a showcase game because we're talking about the girls and what they can do, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the, it, the, idea of you know doing what it takes to win that game has like it does not to to just to me this is my point of view does not matter at all because honestly i don't even like nine times out of ten me nor the coaches that i'm talking to have any idea what the score is you know what i mean so it's just 
again, you're, I feel like you're robbing the kid. If you're sacrifice bunting and a showcase, you're robbing the kid of an at bat that they could use to potentially impress a coach. Cause you know, if you want, you want one thing that's going to stop coaching their tracks, it's a good swing. Right. Um, or, or seeing, seeing a good hard hit ball. Um, you know, that's so, you know, it's, and I think that's where there was a miscommunication, I guess, and people were reading this poll that I made because it was very short and vague, but people, I don't think they understood it was like a showcase. Like at a showcase tournament, we have to showcase our skills. And the responses and the comments that I was getting from different Facebook groups and parents were like, well, no, duh, it's part of the game. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, no, duh, coaches need to see that. And I'm sorry, at that level, if you can't get a sack bunt down, like you're that's the first thing you're gonna get down that first two weeks, I feel like at the college level. Like if we can't get that down, like you will get that sack bunt down. Like that's just a given. And like you said early on, like you can go to the rec park and grab a girl and teach them how to sack bunt. And that I just feel like that's like a given at the college level or at the high school level. Like you gotta be able to get the bunt down. You learn that and at the beginning, it, it should be. And I get some bunting for myself too. I mean, bunting was tough. Bunting, like a bunt run was not my thing. I could get the sack bunt down, but you try to get me to show my skills with bunting. That was not me. I was a power hitter. So I feel like all power hitters do need to be able to get the sack bunt down and then different types of hitters can work strategy when it comes to bunting. But that's where a lot of the misconception I feel like from this topic got to is just First off, let's just clarify that this is a showcase tournament and the goal is to showcase your swing. And this is a big thing that me and you have talked about, especially with our 18U girls last year when I was helping coach with you, that even if we go up there and we strike out, like we want to strike out swinging at a showcase. Like coaches want to see your swing and what they can work with. Like if we're not seeing the ball and timing's off a little bit, like that's something that they can still work with, but they want to see like the mechanics of your swing and the little, like the details within that. and that's a pet peeve I have is at a showcase, like striking out looking is like not an option. Like I'd rather, like, it's just not an option. We have to be able to swing the bat and get going and get things rolling a little bit. And I'd love for you to shine light on that subject a little bit more as well. Yeah. So funny you say that. Cause I was having uh, the last showcase we played this fall literally was having that discussion with a, um, with a coach um, out in South Georgia and he like that was one comment he made about our team. He was like, you know, he said one thing I love about your team is they freaking swing the bat. Is like every every one of them is getting up there hacking. Um, and yeah, it it doesn't matter if they have an off game, right? It, it's it's just what the you know the I can see mechanics. I can see I can see a good swing and a kid that's got a good approach and a good mentality. Um, even if she's striking out or even if she gets fooled on a pitch or even if she gets, you know, if her timing is a little bit off, right? A prime example, I, I've got a brand new kid that came to the team this year that I literally recruited from watching one of her high school games. And I, I saw three at-bats. None of them were that great, but she had one of the best looking swings I've seen in a long time. And she over the fall ended up being one of the absolute best hitters I've had over the past couple of years. Um, and she can actually absolutely stroke the ball. And it's just one of those things like, you know, every kid's going to have an off game. Every kid's going to, every kid's going to slump. But like you said, coaches, like 
it's kind of our job. I mean, we, we, I mean, our job is to pick out the talent, right. And to pick out that, uh, pick out the, you know, who's got the fundamentals down and, and, you know, who's got the mentality, right. Of the, you know, that, that I'm going to get in there and crush the ball. Or I'm going to get in there and hammer versus the kids that are, you know, the ones that are guessing, the ones that are timid, the ones that are, you know, maybe, you know, mechanically flawed a little bit. Like I can, you know, I can see, I can see mechanics from a swing and miss. Coaches can see mechanics from a swing and miss. Um, they can see the intent, right, of a swing from, you know, from an at-bat. That's why, you know, like, like you said, you know, for me in a showcase, like that's what's, that's what's important because that is what takes, you know, hitting is hard. And that's what takes, I mean, these girls put in a ton of work in, you know, in, in all throughout the season on their swings. And, you know, that's what takes the most work is getting that down. And if a coach sees that, you know, I've got a girl that, you know, even if it, if it was off, if they're mechanically sound, if they are swinging with like, you know, the intent of crushing the ball every single time, I can work with that all day. Right. And the coach is going to see that the same way. And that's huge. And something I even talk about from like the pitching perspective, but from the hitting perspective, having that attack mentality, like that's something that we as coaches, college coaches, travel ball coaches, instructors, we can empower that as much as possible, but it's the girl's job to really take that and own it as far as like, I'm going to attack that ball. Like, yes, yes, no mentality at the box. And when you're not swinging the bat at these tournaments, like you're not showing that side of you and you might even have that side, but if you're being picky, like you're being too, too picky and narrowing your zone a little bit and just holding back and hoping just to get on base or we're going up with there with that fear of failure in front of the coaches. Like these coaches want to see you fail and they want to see how you respond to it. And they want to see you hacking at the ball and being hungry because that those are things that are just very hard to learn at the next level. We have to develop that and start developing. And I'm not saying you can't learn it at the next level, but it's everything so amplified at whatever division you play at that there's so much going on that it's really tough. And that's where I saw like a lot of my former teammates that I played with in travel ball at the college level, not be able to make it all four years from just the mental side of the game. And things were just piling up too much, trying to balance school and this and being an adult and being on your own. And then on top of that, still trying to hold that hunger that we might not have had as much at a younger age, but now you need it more than anything because everyone on your team is just as good as you or better than you. And that's where I feel like the big coming back to like the first thing we talked about with like bunting in a showcase. Like if you think about it from that perspective of showing that hunger and that attack mindset and not giving a crap what the heck the score is, like that's why I love when the scoreboards are shut down. Like they should not even be turned on at showcases. And some showcases I feel like they are, or I've heard stories from my online girls in other states they are, which blows my mind a little bit. Different subject, but having that attack mentality like we have to show that and that's just something that all coaches are looking for I mean and I want you to shine light even more on that girl that you were recruiting like you saw her swing but like outside of her swing was it like the hunger in her swing that you saw or just like the attack oh, the, kid, the kid owns the she absolutely owns the box and you could see it you could see it in her like in her approach in between swings in between every pitch, like how she resets, how she refocuses, like she flat out owns the box and she gets in there and like just getting into the box, you could tell like she wasn't going to let the pitcher beat her regardless. And like I said, she didn't have the, the best at bats on the planet that in that game, but 
you know, she got, I think she was one for three that game, but again, she owned it the whole way. And it, like, I'd never seen this kid before in my life. And I've got two kids that play for me on travel that play for that same high school team. i uh, never seen this kid before in my life. And I, I go up and I see that in the game and I immediately go up to one of the, the kid that plays for me. I'm like, what's that kid's story? And, you know, I got the, the backstory for her, but it was literally just because of watching her, like watching, like just, just the swing, just her mental approach, just how she attacked it, how she approached how she reset herself in between every swing. I just, again, everything you could tell that kid was locked in. She was, you know, she wasn't going to get beaten. And, you know, again, she ended up like, like I said, I think she ended up pulling, pulling out the last one, but um, you know, yeah, that that's something you absolutely look for. And like you said, in that's something that is a, is I think it's, it's really overlooked in especially in younger ages, because you get, you get coaches that like to call takes on first pitches. Right. Um, or, and, you know, sometimes that there, you know, there's pitchers that you face that that's a good strategy. Right. But there's, there's some coaches that like live and die by like, look and see, see that pitch where, you know, a lot of times for me, it's, that may be the best pitch you get. So if you know a kid is a screwball or curveball pitcher, set yourself up, to barrel that right and and get into attack mode um you know and i don't think we talk about it enough because the younger ages if you don't start developing that kind of attack mentality at the younger ages like you said when you get into college it's just amplified and if you're timid 14 16 18 guess what's going to happen when you get in college i mean you're going to be like your nerves are going to be a thousand percent worse than what they were and you're going to get more timid probably right and slow down even more so um it's just tough to break if you don't break it young and i want to just touch on the take subject real quick from a pitcher perspective or let me talk from a coach perspective from a coach perspective that drives me nuts like taking that for because from a pitcher knowing as a hitter like that first pitch is most likely your best one. Like us as pitchers, we're trying to get ahead of the count. So that's one opinion I have, but the other opinion, like the only time I believe it's important to take, and this kind of goes for all levels and you might agree or disagree with me on this is if a pitcher walks the batter ahead of you with four straight balls, I am taking until you throw a strike because from a pitch perspective, that just puts more pressure on me that like I have to throw it in the zone right here, right now, or like they're not swinging. And like, I can feel that energy. And like, that was a rule that we had at the college level was that's the only time we're taking was if there's four straight balls, it was like an understood rule that we're taking until that pitcher throws us a strike. Cause we're putting the pressure on her that you got to get your crap together. Cause I am ready to attack now that's pressure on the pitcher from a hitter's side. I mean, if it's, if that first pitch is right down the middle, I mean, crush it. Like that's one of those things that you see it, you feel it, like go with it. But knowing as a pitcher that you have to get it in there because the ump's not giving you the zone or you can't move the ball around. I mean, that put a lot of pressure on me, like walking a girl with four balls. Like I knew I had to attack the zone and not pipe it down the middle on that next pitch. It's like, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's a double-edged sword. Um, I think you, I think it, it, it is, like we do that a lot as well. If we see a pitcher struggling, then we will we will look at more pitches. Um, but you you don't as a hitter, even if even if you're using that strategy, I mean, you still have to have the mentality that you're going to attack one because if it does, if the pitcher does mess up and gut it, I mean, you need to park it two fifty or you know what whatever, right? Um, 
or be ready to at least, mm-hmm. you know, what I can't stand is getting a take and a kid getting in the box and then not even, I mean, you could just flat out tell she's not even, they don't thinking, even lift the bat off their shoulder. Right, not even thinking about swinging. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, the, you know, I think it, it is a good, it's a good strategy, especially when a pitcher gets off, but when you, um, when you, I, I still think that you have to have the attack mindset, right? Um, yeah. When uh, even if the pitcher is struggling, because you know if a pitcher's struggling and they are, you know they're like you, like you said, they've got a lot of pressure on them. Put it in the zone, like that's a pretty high chance that they're going to miss, like over the white, and you can hit it hard, right? 100%. So, you know, I, I would again, it's. I I would be really picky, but if it's there, I'd crush. You know what I mean? And that's where I guess I would say from the pitcher, for me, when I got in that situation, knowing like the batters are basically taking till I throw a strike in there, it was like the added pressure was I can't pipe it down the middle. And if I tell myself I can't pipe it down the middle, what am I going to do? I am going to pipe it down the middle. And so that's just thinking on both sides. Again, if a hitter is ready to go, like attack that pitch, but I just, I didn't even know we were going to get on that subject, but that's just a huge thing that I can't, I I just see from both sides, but I also like that attack mindset. I will never leave my opinion on that. And that goes from a pitcher perspective, from a hitter perspective. And that's just being a ball player, like being an overall ball player. And that's what coaches want. And that's how I got recruited at the end of the day. I was not the, all that pitcher. I was not throwing over 62 miles an hour. Like I could spin the ball I plateaued at the same speed for like five, six years. But what I had was that attack mindset and that mentality that like, I'm not giving up and you might be bigger and better than me, but watch, like I'm going to bring what I have. And that was something that I learned at a young age. And I use my saying a lot. My dad taught it to me at a young age, but the only thing that matters is the next pitch, deep breath, next pitch that goes hand in hand from a batter perspective, from a fielding perspective and from a pitching perspective is it doesn't matter what the heck just happened. It's all about how you respond and what you do next. And if we go in there with the fear of failure, whether it's at a showcase tournament, whether it's at um, PGF Nationals or wherever you're at, when you go up there with that mindset, like you already failed if you're scared of it. Like you already failed and you're setting yourself up to not be successful. But if you go up there with that mindset, again, no matter where you are out on the field, you have a nine out of 10 better chance of making something happen. If you tell yourself like it will happen and that's where the attack comes from. And that's why I believe that this game is 90% mental and 10% physical because we're so zoning in on the physical game and everything else that comes to it. But eight out of 10 times, nine out of 10 times, these girls are not needing more reps of quote unquote bunting or learning to take the ball or ground balls they just need the mental game preparation a little bit more just to attack to believe that they can do it and that's where a lot of girls I feel like struggle especially the age that you're coaching right now just 14s and 18s I mean that's a really hard life you have girls that are entering freshman year that is just like a lot kind of going on that first year of high school now you have and the other team that you have you have girls about to go off to college and so we're trying to figure out that new phase of their life that they're entering too and it's just a lot And we bring in a lot of those, just the struggles that we feel, I guess, like into the game a little bit more. And that's where I know we both do as much as we can empower our girls to kind of drop 
drop that mindset and just come here and like fail. And that's something we've talked about. Like, we want you to fail at practice. We want you to fail in a lesson. Like if you don't fail, you're not learning. And I want you to kind of shine light on your approach from a travel ball coach perspective of how you work with 14 year, like 14 new girls, second year 14s, and then 18 new girls. How has that been either a struggle with you or what are some things that have really helped you with the girls throughout this process a little bit more coming from a male perspective? Two, um, from a male perspective, you said. Well, I, I mean, it, it's different. Like from a female perspective, talking to girls, going through stuff like this. I feel, that's why you kind of brought me on helping you coach a little bit more two yeah, years yeah. ago. Like well, it is a- so, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say to the whole world, like, all, all boys are idiots. That's why I don't coach them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 that's why I'm in salt. Well, God bless me with two girls and that's how I got into softball. But, um, you know, being in this game for, for a while and, you know, growing up a baseball guy and, you know, working with some baseball players, like I said, give me, give me girls all day. Um, cause they're, they are just, they learn faster. They're stronger. Um, typically stronger mentally um you know they're they're more coachable so that's that's off topic but um i would say well just kind of circling back to one thing that you said um you said you said if from a mentality standpoint like when you put as a pitcher when you're struggling you told yourself not to gut it down the middle and then you ended up gutting it down the middle so one of the big things that i tell every single one of my girls is when it comes to intent, you're always telling yourself what to do, not what not to do, right? So I don't care what it is, like as a hitter, is it hard right center? Is it I'm hitting a hard middle? Is it, you know, hit it out front? Is it let it travel? Whatever. Tell you Telling yourself what to do instead of getting in the box and saying, don't swing at this pitch or, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Because like you said, the first thing you're going to do is do exactly the crap that you put in your head. So we always talk about don't put nose in your head, right? Just tell yourself what you're going to do, right? Um, so that, that in, in terms of like the mentality, uh, especially like my hitters, that is what I try to preach to them every single day is you're constantly telling yourself what to do, not what not to do. Um, As it relates to the 14s and 18s, you know, you know, I guess the differences between the two, um, you know, you see you see a lot of timidness in in that 14 you range right and you see a lot of well you got a lot of growth happening in the in that age and you have a lot of you got a lot of especially for females you got a lot of um girls starting to i guess personalities develop and all this other stuff so people the girl you see the girls start caring a whole lot more about what other people think right and worrying way too much about that so the biggest thing that I try to instill in the young ones is like, and I say it all the time, I was like, wipe the give a crap off your face and just play, right? Um, you cannot play the game worried about what other people think about you. And like a big difference, and that we can uh, 
the my my group actually kind of had an aha moment a couple of weeks ago is like I was like uh, we had a we had a joint practice with the two and I was like I asked them I was like what's the difference I asked the fourteen year group I was like what's the big difference that you see between you guys and that eighteen year um, and all of them it was basically all that gave them the same response you could they they were like they were having fun they were attacking they were confident etc and um, I said. And I responded to that. I was like, yep, you you basically got all that right. But I was like, I asked him a question. I was like, did it look like any one of them gave a crap if they messed up or not? Every one of them said no. I said, that's the difference. I said, that's literally the difference between your 14-year-old brain and the 17-year-old brain is like, they've been through it and we've preached it enough to where they don't give a crap. Like they, they know that, you know, like as a pitcher, do they know the best hitters on the planet are going to get themselves out six out of 10 times. So yeah, they're going to attack. They know that as a hitter, I'm going to get out probably six out of 10 times. You know, if I'm good seven out of 10 times. Um, so they know that that's going to happen and they accept it. Right. That then, you know, they don't have to be happy with it, but they also don't let it kill the tank, the rest of the game or the rest of, you know, their at bats or the rest of the, you know, their, um, you know, whatever they're doing. So like I said, to me, that's the biggest difference is you got the, in, in age and maturity, you, you've just got a, you've got the younger ones that really want to please, you know, coaches, they want to please, they want to look good for their friends. They want to please, you know, their teammates because they don't want to let anybody down. They want to please their parents, right? Because parents give them a hard time especially at the young age you know um parents parents progressively get better typically as they get older but you know how it is i mean you know the the younger the younger it is it's like you see a lot of parents pushing and pushing and you hear about that and all until you know us coaches have to step in and have to talk like hey you're not doing your kid any good right um but you know like i said that's the biggest thing that i see is just it's it's Give it a crap or not giving a crap. And yeah, you want to give a crap. Like there's a difference. You, like you want to give a crap about everything that you do. Right. But effort you in your of, attitude, you got to care. You have that air of, I don't give a crap. Right. <laughs> as far as what happens, because I mean, you only have control over so much, you know what I mean? And you do that. That's, that's all you can focus on. And you, you focus on that. And if, if you do good, great. If you don't, Hey, you do what you could, you know what I mean? That's it. And that's just, I mean, I'm just so thankful for Carl and Susan Rubin for instilling that in me at a young age. I mean, something that I have to talk parents off a ledge off a little bit more to help, especially with the younger age around 14, 15 years old, is to quit caring about stats. Like the only stats from a pitcher perspective you should care about is like your ball strike percentage and your ERA. And like, I don't even think I knew any of those until I got to the college level. And like from the hitting perspective, I'm curious what your opinion is this will be kind of one of the last things we chat about today, but when it comes to the younger age and the immaturity a little bit of them still trying to develop themselves and figure out who they are and their personalities and just growing up a little bit more, when it comes to like throwing on stats with them, with their physical game, I mean, <laughs> what should they care about or what should they not care about? Because I didn't give a crap about any of them because I didn't even know they existed, basically. Right. Um this stat, like for me, the stats that are 100% not subjective, right? Um, so 
that that's the only ones that I would say that e- e- I think any of them should care about. And I don't know if you remember because you were in the group, you were in the group last year, but I put a message out there to the parents of like because we we had parents. Yeah. Yes, yes. So you remember, and I was like, I, I put a message out there and I said, I don't care what your kids' game changer stats are. Right. The I like the for, for me as a coach, I look at on base percentage, right? You because it takes human error out. You either got on base or you didn't. Um, I look at things like whip, because that whip can kind of get a little bit off for pitchers just because if it's ruled a hit or an error, right? But it's pretty consistent. Um, first pitch strikes, um, hitting, contact rate, right? Stuff like that. So was it a swing and miss or is it a foul ball? Like that's the kind of stuff that you I want to pay attention to um outside of that you as a coach you want to pay attention to it but should the players even be stressing about all that I mean not really I mean the the big thing is I mean you do you do want to I think one of the big things is you know from a mental standpoint you do want to know your numbers a little bit right just so you know where you are and you have a you have a baseline to work from to where you want to get right so like if you've got a goal as a pitcher to be like a below one you know one whip um you got to know where you are right now to try to get yourself there right um but do they need to stress over it absolutely not like i mean again it's it's one of those things that sometimes you just can't control like you'll have a kid from a hitting perspective you could have a kid that you know is just absolutely on fire murdering the ball but hitting it to somebody every single time right um and that's one of those things you can't see in a stat book right it's you it's it's a it's a just something that you have to see and view watching from watching the game and you know um if you get too locked up in stats too locked up in average too locked up in era like you don't see all that right and as a player if you get too locked up in that like you'll start letting one hit get to you. You'll start letting one walk get to you. It consumes you. Yeah, it'll start consuming you're, you're, or you'll let one strikeout get to you, right? Um, the thing, I, I think the biggest thing is for, um, or one of the biggest things is for for players, like they need to be looking at a large sample size, not what happens in a specific moment or a specific tournament, et cetera, right? Um, they need to be looking at, you know, two, three months worth of stuff so they can get a – that then they can kind of have their number and then, you know, work from there, um, you know, every every two or three months. But, um, you know, long long answer to your, to your question, I don't – again, I don't think players should wrap themselves up in stats. There's a couple that I would look at, but it's just – it's just one of those things, you know, it's you you control what you can control. And sometimes you can't control the stats. And I think that's a really good point that you made is that every two to three months. Now, parents listening on to this, my dad looked at my stats every weekend, every game. Did he ever once share any of that information with me? No. Would he maybe bring it up and talk about it without using the term stats or like he would bring up scenarios and situations, but not necessarily numbers. But I do like that two to three month kind of follow up recap because I do know parents typically are looking at all that stuff. But I think we can keep the kids out of it a little bit more so it doesn't consume them. Because as a young female going through still the puberty process and high school and this and boy, whatever, whatever you're dealing with at that 
14, 15 year old age. The last thing we need to think about is every time we get in the box, we're worried about if our numbers go up or go down and getting on the mound and just touch towing the field. Like we don't need to think about that. And I have too many girls right now from the pitching side who do. And so parents, I like that two to three months kind of follow up, see where you're at, like a baseline. It's the same thing of how I do when I check velocity. And when I check, when I radar girls is I only radar four times a year. Um, maybe more if people ask, or if I'm looking for like changeups for fastball speeds, like the differences of speeds, but as far as like PRs, personal records, like I'm only doing that max four or five times a year as a baseline for myself to know the growth that we're getting for the girls to know their growth, but it's not an every week let's radar. It's not an every month let's radar kind of goes hand in hand, I believe with the stats and kind of understanding them and following them. And PS I've had exactly one college coach ask me about stats on a kid. Wow. Out of how many do you think just to shine light to the listeners? Ton. Like, I mean, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't give you a number, but I've, I like the, it, I've had exactly one ask me about stats on a kid. Wow. Yep. So that just proves it right then too. I mean, coaches aren't even looking for stuff like that. They want to see how you adapt with the girl. Like they want to see if you're the perfect fit for their team in all aspects, not just as a player, but as like a, well, yes, as a player an all around player, as far as a person and a teammate and a leader and things like that. I mean, they're looking for the whole package and stats are bottom of the totem pole because they can see what they can see when they watch video or come see you in person. They see what you control, what you don't control, your demeanor, your attitude, your swing, like the little mechanics, like all that stuff. So I think that's huge to just shine light to as well. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And speaking to that, speaking to what you just said, um, not going to say the kid's name, but great ball player pitcher great ball player great hitter great attitude literally got recruited because not because of like what she can do on the field it's because she went to the camp to her camp and it was like she was part of the team like she fit in her personality was part of the team the coach asked me zero questions about the kid, nothing about the kid. It was, she just said, she came up and she came up to the camp and it was like, she had been with those girls for years. And she said, I knew instantly I had to have her. I know exactly who you're talking about. And I told her to her face, that's the biggest compliment you can ever yep. get from my college coach. Like that is the biggest compliment as a recruit that you can get. And I don't even know if she realized the extent of that compliment. Like that's huge. Yep. So but that's just super to show you like your numbers aren't everything <clears throat> for mm-hmm. sure. No, for sure. Well, coach Ryan, thank you so much for coming on this week. Again, for all the listeners, coach Ryan and I, we've coached, he's allowed me to help coach him on his Georgia Thunderbolts team the past two years. Hopefully this season I get to help consult a little bit with the Georgia Impact. Love to get back on the field with those girls here and there. My schedule allows it. But again, thank you so much for coming on tonight or today and shining light on all these subjects. This is great information. Parents, coaches, players, really soak all this and share this information with the people in your softball community because this is just huge and It's all about growing the game. So thank you so much for everything you've shared with me the past four years, growing the game. Excited to continue all of that. And 
have you on some other podcast episodes. So if y'all have any more questions for Coach Ryan that you would like for him to talk about on future episodes of Beyond the Diamond, feel free, submit those questions to the homepage of my website, dr3fastpitch.com. There is a submission button for this podcast. Throw your questions in there. Hopefully Coach Ryan and I can find some time to record again. But for now, I hope y'all have a wonderful rest of the week. Great weekend. And I will talk to y'all soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Diamond. Connect with us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at DR3FastPitch. But Instagram is my biggest platform where I post daily content. For questions or topic ideas, visit our website, DR3FastPitch.com and submit the form on our homepage. I would love to feature you on our next episode. Remember, you can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our website, dr3fastpitch.com. Stay tuned for more exciting discussions, stories, and insights in the world of fast pitch softball on the next episode of Beyond the Diamond. Until then, remember, the only thing that matters is the next pitch. Deep breath, next pitch. I will see you soon.